There's a stirring on the inside of the believers that are dialed in with the Holy Spirit. And what I mean, that's intentional on your part and on mine. You know, if I get in, a, if I get in my truck and, you know, uh, you know, we've all had our battery go dead before, right? You ever have your battery go dead and you got to replace it? One of the things I hate about placing, replacing the battery is I got to reprogram the, the radio. How many of you understand what I mean? It's all staticky. You know, it's first world problems, right? But it's still kind of a little bit of a nuisance. So I got to go program them in. I have to watch this, dial them in so they'll be receptive to the, the airwaves going over from the station. You have to dial yourself in with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't just happen like, you know, just, you just live however you want and think somehow like you're always going to be feeling like Jesus, right? So stay dialed in. I commend you this morning for being here. Those of you logged on, you've logged on uh, by divine appointment. There are no uh, coincidences with God. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles today, man, I am excited. How many of you love the Word of God? Amen. Praise God. Acts uh, 13. Let's go to Acts 13. I want to welcome everybody again. I hope you'll stop by sometime. And we'd love to have you here. We're at Thrive up in Honesdale. Great things are happening there. I like to start with something funny. I actually read about this guy. He was having a, such a hard time. He's a little guy. He's kind of, you know, shorter in stature. And uh, he was at, he just had a terrible time. So he went to the bar and decided to take up drinking. How many know, by the way, you don't just decide to be an alcoholic one day, okay? And he was sitting at, at, the, at the end of the bar and, and the devil walks in. And the devil takes his drink and drinks it down. And the guy starts crying. You know, he didn't know the Lord, of course. And, and the devil says, oh, come on. That was just a, you know, glass of beer. He said, no, you don't understand. He goes, I've had the worst day of my life. He goes, it's been so bad. He goes, I, he said, what do you mean? He said, well, I don't even know where to start. He goes, but, you know, like I, I was supposed to have a very important meeting with my boss this morning. And my job's on the line. And, and I slept in. I didn't hear the alarm clock. And so he said, I went in. The boss fired me. And he said, so I lost my job. And, you know, he went through a whole thing. And it's the worst day ever. And he said, and now you come in here, devil. And he said, you took my glass and you drank it down. And he said, it was just a glass of beer. He said, no, actually, it was poison. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's an old one. I don't know. Acts 13. I want to talk to you about... <laughs> we got to answer some questions this morning about evangelism. How many know what evangelism is? So I want to talk to you about the, the who, what, the why, the where, the when, the how of evangelism, what it looks like in our lives. Because how many know the church is commanded to evangelize? Oh, yeah, that's the go you there for part. And uh, it may be simple to you. It might be say, oh, I know that. But are you doing it? And I'm going to give you some interesting statistics about the, the American church. That's quite unsettling to me, but it should motivate us that in prayer to actually go out and reach the lost. Amen. And so uh, Acts 13, 47, and then we're going to go to Mark. I'm sorry, we'll go to Matthew uh, 5 after that. So you can put a thumb in that. Or you could just watch it on the screen. Acts 13, 47. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. How many know that's the church's mission? You're made for a mission to bring salvation both home and to the farthest corners of the earth. Can you say amen? 
And then we got uh, Matthew 5.14. If you're turning there, you know, Jesus gave a great command. He talked a lot about winning souls, a lot about salvation, a lot about going out to be a witness. Amen? And uh, Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. So let me just give you the context. If you don't know this, this is the greatest sermon ever preached. What I'm reading to you now by the greatest preacher who ever lived. His name was Jesus. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Or somebody once said the Beatitudes. There you are, right? So, you know, he, he says you're, you're salt and light and there's a whole bunch there. Blessed are they. Blessed are they. If you ever go to the Holy Lands, next year we're going in March. Mark it down on your calendar. We will be in the Holy Lands next year on a tour. Last week of February, first week of March, it'll be right in that window. We're just waiting on confirmation dates now, but I just go ahead and say that. So much going on here. By the way, let me just tell you this. Uh, we have a night of worship this Friday night. It's going to be a, a blessing to you. So come. It's, it's, there's no charge or anything. We're just going to come in and have a night of just open worship. And uh, I don't, we failed to mention that, I think. But that's for us to get filled up with the Holy Spirit, to worship God, to lift up holy hands in the sanctuary. Amen? Amen. So we can get fired up to go out and be a witness for Him. Amen? And to let our light shine. And so Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but, a, but on a lamp stand, right? Imagine if you're, how many of you have a, a lamp next to your bed? You have one of them on the end stand. Imagine if you set it on the floor and put a bushel basket over it. How many know you get up at night when nature's calling and you probably stub your toe? Okay, so it don't belong under a bushel. It belongs up on a stand for the world to see, right? We're the light of the world, he said. And in a city that is set on a hill, kind of like this church, cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, Go ye therefore into all the nations and preach the gospel. Baptize them, teaching them to observe all things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we've got to reach people before we can teach people. How many know you can't have discipleship? Somebody, ah, we need better discipleship. Let me tell you something. You can't have discipleship without decisions first. This church is strong on evangelism. This church believes in the Great Commission. That's the go part. Amen? And so that's what we want to talk about today. So what is evangelism? Let's answer that question. I'm just going to give you, I'm going to ask you a couple questions this morning. Are you ready? Don't fall asleep now because I come around with this microphone. You might get embarrassed and never come back again. <laughs> I won't do that to you. Besides, I'd have a wireless mic on today, so it would be kind of difficult, you know. Uh, but anyway, what is evangelism? What is it? What is evangelism? It simply means, are you ready? Here's the answer. To declare the good news. Amen. Amen. And so now we're talking in a biblical context here, right? We're talking about the Great Commission. But think about it like this. To declare good news. Uh, 
if I if someone came to me and said, man, I want to lose weight. I'm really struggling. I got to lose weight. I want to lose 30 pounds. I could say, listen, I've got good news. I could help you with that. See, that's actually evangelizing. I said to Big Rick sitting here, who's a very strong man, by the way, which I'm really glad he's saved. <laughs> he, he, he's, uh, he's been working with bodybuilding and all that for since he was 18 or almost the same age. And I said to him, I, I, can I tell you, how many know confession is good for the soul? So this is a Catholic area, yeah, formerly. Uh, <laughs> and we could have a little mass confession, okay? <laughs> I said uh, to Rick a couple of weeks ago, I said, man, I, I need to get back in shape. I need to get in the gym. This COVID, whatever, schmovid thing has been, has been killing me. Is anybody like that? It's too much indoors, too much uh, manufactured heat. I need to get back out and, and get moving, moving, right? And he said, well, I can help you with that, Pastor. And so he said, why don't you come to the gym with me? And I said, okay. And Because I, I was feeling it. How many know sometimes we feel it and then times we don't feel it? Yeah. And so he said, I'll text you and remind you when I'm going to the gym. So I said, great. So he texted me and reminded me. He said, are you going to the gym today? And I said, uh, I can't today. I got stuff going on. <laughs> don't laugh. You do it too. Come on. How many know we need accountability? Can you say amen? Amen, Brother Gary? Amen. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. In every area. So, you know, when I came to him, I said, man, I need, I'm struggling. I got to get strong again. And it's too much of this, you know, ministry life. For, why are you laughing, honey? <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. She has issues, my wife. You need to pray for your first lady. <laughs> if she laughs too much, we'll have a problem. We'll have an accident. <laughs> so he texts me. I said, I can't do that. The next day, hey, pastor, you're going to the gym, right? Ah, uh, well, yeah, today is not going to work either. <laughs> and then a couple of weeks went by and he said, I'm not going to bug you, but if you ask me to help you, I'm going to help you. All right. How many know that's a real friend? All right. So don't complain when I go to help you. Jimmy Comenzo. Remember Jimmy Comenzo? He said to me, if you hire me to be your coach, I'll drive you crazy until you get what you told me you want. Isn't that good? Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. So a couple weeks went by and I was praying one day in my son. I was literally was praying. I said, God, Jesus, you know, sometimes on Monday, right? Uh, there's Sunday, then there's Monday. And so preachers, sometimes on Monday, it's like our weekend. It's the, it's the flip. It's the reverse of what most people do. Most people work all week. We work all week too, but we happen to plow through the weekend. Sunday is not the Sabbath for me. It's a full-blown work day. And sometimes on Monday after three services and whatever, I'm sitting there early with my Bible and I said, Lord, this is a true story now, folks. God, please send somebody to help me. <laughs> he knows this is true. Please send someone, Jesus, to help me I, in this area. I need, I need a, someone who's going to make me man up in this area. I'm just being honest. This is okay this morning. Can you handle the truth? Amen. You do it too if, you're, if you just think for more than a second about it. In different areas. Okay, different areas. <laughs> And I said, Lord, please, God, I need help, Jesus. And all of a sudden, I get a text message. And it's now it's an emoji. It's like this guy says, gym time tonight. <laughs> Want to tell you how bad I am? Can I just, again, it's confession time. 
I said, I can't make it. <laughs> and he told me on Sunday, a couple weeks ago, right? He said, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not going to bug you. You tell me I don't want to be that guy, but you told me you need help. So this week, everybody say this week. I went to the gym Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and yesterday, right? Give Brother Rick a big hand. I'll tell you, I appreciate that, brother, right there. Mm. Want to get strong again? <laughs> and I joined. I joined. I went the first day or two on a pass. I'm going to pay my own way because, you know, if you don't put something into anything, you're not going to get anything out of it. That's why free counseling isn't so helpful sometimes. I'm your pastor. I love you. If you come to me and you need counseling, I can point you in the right direction, but I am by no way a gifted counselor. That is not my gift. Uh, I love you, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. I can help you interpret the word. I can help you interpret a red light or a green light in your life, but you need to get help. Well, I don't want to pay for it. Well, you really don't want to change. I don't know who I'm speaking to. That has nothing to do with my notes whatsoever. But how many of you understand? Your input determines your output. If you really want to change, then you're going to put actions to your words. Okay. So this thing on evangelism is, you know, it's good news. It literally means to declare good news. When I came to Rick and said, man, I need to get He says, I got good news for you. I'll help you. Amen. So when we declare good news, the good news, the gospel to an unsaved generation, to people in our lives. How many of you have people that need Jesus in your life? Wow, look at all the hands. Of course. That's exactly what we're doing. We're evangelizing when we declare the goodness of God. Can you say amen? So, you know, what is evangelism? Again, declaring the good news. And then here's the next one. Who is called to evangelize? Who? Who's all? Is that a family somewhere? Is that their last name, all? Everyone. Everyone. That's good, Raina. Who is called to evangelize? That would be all Christians. Listen, there's, it's not, evangelism is not just some paid professional's job who dresses nice and knows how to do good voice inflections and have creative points through Scripture. Nothing wrong with that. I love that. I have a lot of friends that are evangelists. I mean, I really do. And, they, and we'll, we'll have several evangelists come to camp meeting in a couple of weeks. It's going to be awesome. You know, and, and, and we're believing God, people are going to get saved there. But for some reason, not you guys, but I'm just saying, we have a lot of people today called evangelists, but they do everything but win souls. They give a word, they give a revelation, there's things that happen. I'm not saying it's wrong, but ultimately, the job and the mission of the church is the go ye therefore part. Amen? So we're all called by God to evangelize. Again, I know this may be simplistic for some of us, but I believe it'll be refreshing if we actually apply the word and not just be hearers, but doers of the word. And so, again, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, a people person that is supposed to evangelize. It's not necessarily the best speaker. It's not, you know, a, 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 you know, a preacher that was on TV. I don't know anybody like that. Do you? Somebody got that. Okay. You don't have to be a pastor and memorize the whole Bible to evangelize. Come on, someone. Just a follower of Jesus. 
the minute that we get saved, the minute we give our heart to the Lord, we take on the great commission. It's not optional. And I've asked this before to you, and I have to ask myself, will anybody be in heaven because of you? Not because of my church. That's okay. That's good. But will anyone be in heaven when they die? Will you encounter anyone on the other side that's there because you personally shared your faith? It's a great challenge. Let me tell you why it's a great challenge. Because 95% of American Christians have never shared their faith once. Is it any wonder why churches are closing? And COVID-19, my God, you know, it, it's like I heard one preacher say it's the end of the church age. And he said the church age is coming to a close. And we've seen amazing things in the church age. We've seen wonderful revivals and camp meetings. Think about who it is, who was it that brought you to the Lord? Somebody help me out. Who was the first person that shared Christ with you? Anybody? Pastor Jack. Pastor Jack. Thank God for that, man. Hannah? Your sister-in-law, Teresa. Yep. Brian? Your mom. Thank God she loved you enough to tell you the truth, right? Some of us had a, had a grandparent, right, who cared enough. Not everybody grew up in a Christian home. They're calling it the post-modern uh, Christian era now that we're living in here in 2021. Think about that. They weren't as fortunate as some of us here today that were born and raised in this thing, you know. So, like, I was, we had a picture of uh, some of you, Billy Graham. I remember Dr. Billy Graham. They'd sing those, that song, Just As I Am, and those people walk down those huge turnstiles and, and give their heart to Christ. Incredible soul winner. Amen. I think about uh, our family, my, uh, my father, my mother praying over little Lorelei, you know, and we dedicated uh, Levi, her brother. By the way, she calls her, her uh, there, you, there they are. Praise God. They call, uh, Lorelai calls her brother Levi, baby Jesus. That's <laughs> right. My wife's holding baby Jesus today over there. She ought to be in the Christmas pageant. Amen. Praise God. And when they first brought him home, it's a true story. They first brought him home from the hospital. Little Lorelai, you know, she's a clip, right? She's just like uh, my, my oldest son, you know. So pray for them, okay? Uh, <laughs> the baby start crying. Carrick will tell you this. The baby Levi is crying. He's crying. And Lorelai says, Mom, baby Jesus is hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but the point of the matter is someone had to tell you the truth. Someone had to care about you enough to evangelize. Can I get really real here? They don't want to see you burn in hell. So they told you the truth and risked rejection, criticism, but they did it anyway. Aren't you thankful for that? I had a praying grandma. Somebody prayed for me. My mom is a prayer warrior, buddy. I'm telling you, at 90 years old, she can pray like, oh, thank God. Because I was going headed on the highway to hell. Mm -hmm. Just like Bon Scott, except he died and I'm still alive. Because that's where the highway of hell takes you, straight to destruction. So who is it that led you to Jesus, you know? And, and then, again, 
who, what, who does God look for? And who's supposed to evangelize? All of us. Watch this. It's not paid professionals. The Bible says, here's a quick example. Think about who Jesus selected. You ever think about those guys? None of them were Harvard graduates. None of them had, you know, Kumasim Lati after their name. They, they weren't the uh, affluent, influential, you know, uh, people. They, they weren't scholars. They were ordinary men, fishermen primarily. There was a tax collector in there, even one that betrayed him. Did you ever think about that? Jesus chose 12 of them, and one of them was the devil. Just a little side note. So the Bible says in Acts, they were ordinary, unschooled men, Acts 4, who turned the world upside down. By what? By declaring what I'm teaching you today, the good news. Can you say praise God? Praise Amen. God. So you don't, you, the only qualification to share your faith is to have faith in God. And then we're called, in fact, we're commanded to do so. And we'll give an account one day, right? So here's, here's the third one. Here's the third question. Are you ready? Why should we evangelize? Why should we evangelize? Well, there's a lot of reasons. I'm going to give you 10 of them very quickly, okay? Number one, Christ commands it. Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel. How many know it's a, that's a command? That's not a suggestion. That's a commandment. Every Christian, these are basic responsibilities of being a member of a family. You know, in our family, when our kids were young, we used to tell them, look, there's privileges of being in this family. There's also responsibilities, right? Take out the trash, do your homework, brush your teeth, you know, go to bed on time, do your devotions. That's what, how we raised our kids, you know. Not perfect, but, you know, there's, and then they had all these benefits, like a roof over their head, clothing on their back, right? <laughs> Three square meals, when I was like 18, I was all rebellious. I was working at a printing plant right out of school, Brother Rick. And, and uh, this one guy told me, he goes, you know, he goes, I know your parents might be rough. He goes, but man, he was a couple years older. And he goes, don't ever leave your parents' house unless they throw you out. And if they throw you out, beg to come back. You'll never have it any better. <laughs> Praise God. So there's, there's privileges, but there's responsibilities. Can you say Amen. There's privileges of being part of the household of faith. In other words, a follower of Jesus, you know, gaining uh, heaven as your home by receiving the work that was already done by Jesus. But the responsibility that a lot of people don't want to talk about, or sometimes they love to talk about it. They love to say amen. But when it comes to doing it, how many know that's a different story? Like 5% of American Christians are actually sharing their faith. Really? What in the world, folks? You realize the model that Jesus laid out in the Gospels that these 12 men literally were martyred for sharing their faith. Peter said, Lord, I'm not even worthy to be crucified in the manner you were. They crucified him upside down. That's how much they believed in spreading the good news. They didn't want to see Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth die without the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen? So Christ commands it. And here's the second one. Because God, if you're taking notes, doesn't want anybody to die. Did you know that? The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. 2 Peter 3.9, 
You know this verse. It says the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. How many of you know when you go through like the year that we just came through, they said it was the year anniversary, I think yesterday, of the lockdown. Okay, When you go through a year like this country has just gone through, our world has gone through, and I'm going to get into all that stuff right now, but I just want you to think about that. If you're serving God for more than like a day, you do ask questions. I ask questions like, Lord, how much longer do we have here? Did you ever ask that question? How much longer, Lord, do we have before the coming of the Son of Man? How, how, see, you know, I believe God's holding a stopwatch up there, friends. And the second he goes, that's it. Go get my children. It's over. And winning souls is over. And so... God in heaven. I want you to think about this now. Don't think about the person next to you. Think of you, the man in the mirror, the lady in the mirror. He commands it, but God does not want people to perish. He really doesn't. The old lie of the devil has to, says to people who don't believe in God, how could a loving God, if there's a loving God in heaven, how could he send people to hell? Let me tell you, he's never sent anybody to hell. People choose to go to hell. This is in your Bible. This is the Word of God. People absolutely, positively make a choice whether to accept the grace of God. We're living in the final seconds of the dispensation of the window of God's grace. They either reject it or they receive it. If they reject it, they're holding a ticket to a crisis eternity. And on eternity's morning... When the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ will rise first, it's too late. If you could see the sands of time through an hourglass, we're down, I believe, to just a few grains left. Where will you spend eternity? And if you're born again, praise God. But the job is for us to follow the Great Commission. Amen? The Bible says the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise because sometimes we say, God, why are you taking so long? Would you just come? Amen. Some of you, you know, when you got your your taxes and you realize that you owe money instead of you're getting a refund. You said, Lord, would you just come today? Jesus, amen. (laughs) Praise God. But it says he's not being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. Aren't you thankful that God is patient? For your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Amen? Number three, people can't get saved without hearing the gospel. Did you know that? Romans 10 and 14, it says how, right? How can they call on on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? The people that are your next door neighbors that you know need Jesus, it's good to pray for them. That's a wonderful thing. That's a responsibility of a believer to pray. But how many know you need to go and share with them, not just pray for them? Oh, God, I hope someone goes to their door. No, God's speaking to you, the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror. How can they hear unless someone tells them? Here's the fourth reason why we must evangelize. It demonstrates God's love for the lost. You know, God so loved the world so much. Folks, you know this. For God so loved the world to the point that he gave up his only son, that whosoever would believe in him, believe in Jesus, 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. So when we go and do what God's commanded us to do, how many know we're demonstrating the love of the Father? Amen. If you have compassion, Jesus, what drove Jesus many times? The Bible said he looked upon the crowd and he had compassion in his heart. They were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd, right? So you have to have compassion and demonstrate the love of God by telling people the truth. It's not easy at times. I'm like, oh, God, I'm just not good at it. You know, I, I hope Pastor Terry gives an altar call. Listen, we'll give altar calls, but you still have to go. And be fishers of men. Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said, hey, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. They dropped their nets. They dropped what they were doing, and they followed the master of the universe. Can you say amen? amen. Number five, an unbelieving world is condemned through Christ. Did you know that? Wow, that's crazy. Are you kidding? You're telling me the world's condemned? Oh, yeah. In fact, I'm not telling you. The Bible is. Are you ready? John 3, 18. Nobody usually reads that one. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Who? You say, you trying to tell me my neighbors are condemned? Yeah. In fact, I'm not trying to tell you. God is. They're condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Number six, it's a wise thing to do. Did you know that? Proverbs 11.30, but the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. Amen? I'd rather win a bunch of souls than have a million degrees from the most prestigious university in all the world. Because God says if you win souls, you're wise in his eyes. Number seven, it helps you grow spiritually. <laughs> How many of you found that to be true? I want to tell you, listen, if you flatlined in your walk with God, or if you're like, man, I just don't feel like I used to feel. I used to feel so excited. Remember when you first got saved? How many remember? Come on. Remember when you first got saved? It seemed like the, the grass was greener. It seemed like the sky was bluer. Come on. Can I, you just like want to praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, like a wind-up doll. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise God. Well, praise God for that. The car isn't starting. What are we going to do? I'll praise, give God some praise, you know. You're just, you know, how many know you're like crazy? Like everybody's like, look, like, what is wrong with that person? We got a problem here, and they're up there dancing. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, you remember when you were first saved? I remember it's called the first love. Man, I mean, you couldn't wait to get to the house of God. You couldn't wait to wear those Christian t-shirts. You know, how many of them are kind of, some of them are a little cheesy anyway. But, you know, you had the bumper stickers. Okay, you know, God is my co-pilot. Don't put that on your car if you're driving a bomb, okay? It makes everybody look bad. God is my co-pilot. Get rid of the car. Send it to the crusher and get something nice. It's either a payment or a problem. I'd rather have a payment than a problem. <laughs> but you remember how you were so enamored with the presence of the Lord. What happened? Many times a person who's on fire for God in the early days, they get around some wet blankets. Oh, you better not do that, brother. Oh, we don't do that in this church. <laughs> and the fire goes out. But here's the way we grow. Here's the way we keep growing in God. We evangelize. Bring somebody to church with you on Wednesday night for Bible study. Ooh, that'll test your faith. Bring them on Sunday morning to the 9 a.m. Bring, the bring them up to Thrive Church on Sunday night. My son will be up there preaching and spitting like a wild man. <laughs> if you sit in the front row, you get baptized in saliva. It's like Shamu at SeaWorld. The tail goes across and everybody just gets saturated, you know. 
Praise God. You get baptized whether you want to or not, you know. <laughs> Forced baptisms. <laughs> but what happens, you bring somebody with you to the house of God. It was like, oh, God, Jesus, I'm praying for them. Why? Because you want them to make that decision to receive the Savior. Yes. Come on, when is the last time that you put somebody in one of those empty seats in your car and brought them to the house of God? Well, I just came, I just came, I just came to receive. I hope that they sing the songs like, you missed the whole point. You missed the whole point of this Christianity thing. Well, I just like when they sing, you know, my favorite song. <laughs> if I don't get to do what I want to do in church and I ain't coming, you're, are you even saved? Fishers of men. Yesterday, they were fishing up at the lake, a couple of our men, and they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, Chris and his little daughter, which reminds me of my, our granddaughter, Grace, and she's little, like three or something, and they're pulling, they pull out these little perches, Brother Gary, I'm showing you the pictures after the men's breakfast, a little perch about that big, she had a big smile. Isn't that neat when a kid catches that first fish? Remember when you caught your first fish? Do you know what? When you evangelize, it's like catching fish. Amen? Chris shared a little bit of his testimony. Yesterday morning, he shared it with the men. He said, I was on a highway to hell, a highway of destruction. I didn't even believe there was a God in heaven. My wife brought me to church before, and I thought you people were all nuts. I mean, some of you actually are a little nuts. <laughs> Praise God. I said to somebody the other day, I said, man, you know, you're a little bit crazy. She's like, well, we're all a little crazy. I said, okay, whatever. But eventually, right, it's stuck. Amen? Krista kept praying, kept believing, and when one day brought him to the cross out here. By the way, when you, those of you that gave to that project, you see how that works. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Because like that song, I'm a life that was changed. And that's a weird, when a church will evangelize, you'll grow in your faith, unlike if you were in a million uh, classes in seminary or cemetery. What do I mean to say? Seminary. Cemetery. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it demonstrates my love. I'm believing worlds condemned through Christ. It's a wise thing to do. It helps us grow spiritually, folks. John 15, 2, the words of Jesus. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit and throws it into the fire. But while every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that bears fruit, he prunes. Why? So they'll be even more fruitful. How many know we all need to be pruned back once in a while? Come on. A real friend will tell you the truth. Number eight, I only have 10 of these and we're done. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. That's the words of Jesus. He said, look unto the fields. They're white hot, ready for harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'd raise up laborers, right? Manual laborers, not the president of Mexico, okay? It's an old joke. Laborers, people that will actually work and toil in the field of the harvest. Amen? And then number nine, we're Christ ambassadors. In other words, we rep you know what an ambassador is? He represents somebody who's much more powerful than he is. It says, Paul said, we are Christ ambassadors, Corinthians 5.20, therefore making our appeal of God. God is making his appeal through us. Isn't that beautiful? 
You're called to be an ambassador. I'm called to be an ambassador of the Lord Most High. We're his representative here on the earth for a few fleeting moments. And then God calls us home. We're ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20. And number 10, it brings joy to God. Did you know that God and the angels in heaven throw a party when somebody gets saved? Can you imagine what a Holy Ghost party is like in heaven? Oh, my. Streets of gold. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, I'm going to ask our ushers to hand out these cards. They're called Invest and Invite. Do you have them? Let's do it quick, if we would, guys. Thank you. They're going to hand you out a card that says Invest and Invite. I want to ask you. This is an action step now. Because it's one thing to say amen when a preacher's preaching on evangelism. It's another thing to actually now take the next step. Amen? I'm going to ask you to pray and write down three names of people who you will personally invite. We have one of the greatest, and I'm telling you, folks, you know this if you've been around here, one of the greatest presentations of the gospel. How many know the gospel comes in many packages, right, called Heaven's Gate? Just take them and hand them right down the aisles, guys. Make sure everybody has one of these. I'll take one, too. Good. Thank you, Herb. Praise God. Invest in eternity, and invite someone to Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, March 26th, 27th, and 28th, 7 p.m. It's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. This is an easy one because we've done all the hard work for you. So we want people to be involved with this. Why? So we can get blessed? No. So they can get saved. Amen? Praise God. Let's make sure we all have one. And it says, I will invite the following people to join me for one night of heaven's gates and hell's flames. You know, if they'll come to more than one night, great. You know, listen, we need people to be in the cast. It's not a need. It's an opportunity. This is an opportunity for you. How many of you were in the cast of heaven's gates last time? I see your hand. I'm saved, born again, born into the kingdom. What could be greater? Really? And souls in heaven because of you. The power of God working in us and through us. Dialed in. Amen. Like we talked about at the beginning of this message. Praise God. So go ahead and write that down. We're not going to hand these in. We're not going to collect them or anything like that. This is for you. To pray for these people and pray and then go and invite them. Let me say this to you just practically. Because sometimes people say, oh, I invited three people. That's great. And I commend you. But let's talk about this for a minute. Let's remove the barriers from people actually coming here. Because how many know this is, can be a terrifying experience for people? Do you remember the first time you came to church? I know people literally that came here for almost a month straight and they sat in their car and they never got out of the car and came in the building. Yeah, they sat out here because they were so fearful because they don't know anybody. You guys look around. You guys know each other. You, you, you're, some of you are in small groups. Some of you have known each other for years. Guess what? The people we're trying to reach, they don't know anybody except you. So don't just say, come to Heaven's Gates. There's tickets. We have really beautiful tickets. You can hand them. Don't just say, come to Heaven's Gates, but say, watch this. Say, I'll meet you there. Can I tell you, when I went to the gym the other day with Rick, I didn't see him. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so nervous. <laughs> so awkward. No wonder my wife doesn't want to come here. 
And these guys are like banging away. And they got all this push a button and done a thing, you know, and a big screens on a. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, it would have been so much easier to stay home, Lord, with my Bible. <laughs> See how that works? <laughs> you get my drift, don't you? And, and I was like, oh, God, I just. He said, I'll meet you at the door. Because he gets out of work at a certain time. And he met me at the door, and I was like, oh, praise God, we could do this, man. <laughs> like Superman, I want to bend some steel bars. <sighs> but when I went in there by myself, I was afraid to get out of my car. I'm telling you the truth. I was like, oh, my gosh, look at these people walking in there. They got the sleeveless tees on, and they're all jacked. Got their protein drinks and all this fancy clothing on, you know. They got their Bibles. They're all dressed up. Come on. They're singing the songs. They're raising their hands. They know all the words on the screen, on the doohickey. They're up there quoting the scripture. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Oh, God heal my body. You know, amen, amen, amen. A bunch of wild people up there on the hill. And I'm like, I don't know. I just can't do it. I'm going back home. What in the world did you make me come here for? Right, Chris? That's what you said to your wife a year and a half ago. What did you make me come here? Those people are crazy. I'm never going back. <laughs> How many know I'm preaching the truth right here? This is why some of these seats are empty today. This represents somebody that needs Jesus in your life. These purple seats right here. Those ones. We're nice and comfy here, you know? We got nice, comfortable seats, climate control. We got the best HD video and all kinds of stuff out there. But what about them? What about them? What about them? Rob called me yesterday. A guy who was a rock to him, someone he looked to, 43 years old, died in his arms. Am I telling the truth, Rob? People need Jesus, folks. This is no joke, this is not entertainment. This is reality. Where will you spend eternity? Where will they spend eternity? It's up to us to tell them. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.